love that song. <laughs> good morning, good morning. Welcome to your business in digital. I love when they catch us, like we're backstage laughing and then all of a sudden it's like the show started. <laughs> all right, so good morning, good morning. Today we have a super exciting show. It is Monday, the 27th of November and we have a super exciting show we are doing. It's an all hot topics show, all hot topics. So all the things we've seen in the news that we believe is definitely worthy of looking at their digital marketing efforts and you know giving you some tips and tricks based on this that's what we're talking about today so all hot topics all day long can i get a round of applause all right let's go all right let's get the show started Good morning, good morning, and welcome to your business in digital. I am Tamara, super excited to be here with my amazing co-host. Good morning, guys. How are you? Michelle, how was your Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving was nice and relaxing, which is great because this is birthday week, so I'm trying to turn it up. <gasps> right, I thought about you. It's birthday week, right? <laughs> what are we doing? All right. <laughs> For once, I'm local. Normally, I'm I'm in the air or in some other location, but this time I I am um, homebound. This time, because right. so. was it last year? You you did Europe last year, right? Yeah. I was in Barcelona last. Yeah, this time last year. Every year except for a couple of COVID years, but I'm usually <laughs> long gone. Awesome, awesome. Well, we are excited to celebrate your birthday with you. So happy birthday. <laughs> All right. So uh, let me tell you about this show. This show is called Your Business in Digital. And why is it called Your Business in Digital? Because we help you connect all the dots. We help you really translate your business to digital. Here at this show, what we want you to do is we want you to achieve your business goals to di through digital. We want you to move beyond the likes, the follows, get to that place of really money in the bank, right? How is digital driving me 10% of my revenue, an additional 20% of revenue? We want to make sure that digital is doing what it's supposed to do for you and your business because we know that you spent a lot of money on digital, right? So we want you to see that return on investment. So let's get some of the housekeeping out of the way. Let me tell you where you can connect with us. So you can absolutely connect with us on YouTube. Check us out on YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Tell your friend about it. Tell any executive, any business executive about this show. Because again, we connect all the dots. We tell you how to work with an agency. If you're working with an agency, what are the questions you should be asking them? And again, getting back to that place of how do you get to money in the bank through digital and all your digital marketing activities. Also, you can connect with us on LinkedIn. We are live on LinkedIn right now. Hello. Good morning, LinkedIn family. Love seeing you guys here. Um, and if you can't listen to us live, that's fine. You can connect with us on pretty much everywhere a podcast is found. That's where we are. We are there. All the episodes of season three are live. Nia is in the background just uploading stuff. Super excited about that. So you can definitely check us out anywhere. There are no excuses. Share this with a small business executive. The goal of this show, again, is to get you to that place where digital really drives a significant portion of your revenue and you're thinking about it in a holistic way tied with your offline strategy. So... That's the that's the housekeeping for now. <laughs> All right. 
So today is going to be a jam-packed show, so I'm going to move on along. We're going to talk a little bit about last Wednesday's show. Last Wednesday's show was so near and dear to our hearts because we had the amazing chef Saida Farrell with us, and she was here talking about just what she's been doing in her business from a digital standpoint, growing her business, you know, really understanding the fundamentals of her business. Chef, if you do not know, she is the owner of Edible, uh, what is it? Edible Opus. <laughs> Did I say that right? Yes. Uh, a monthly, so it started off as a monthly marshmallow subscription box, right? And now it's like, cocoa, marshmallows, graham crackers for vegans, non-vegans. She has like this crazy product line. She's selling on Amazon. She has an online store. She's optimizing for SEO. She's talking all about the marketing fundamentals, but she's also talking about her business model cost. I mean, it was like an entire show that was dedicated to every, every part of the business, right? Finance, sales, marketing, operations. Uh, she is doing a killer job. So you definitely want to connect with Chef. Uh, you want to see her story. You want to see her grow. She's been on TV so much. She's been doing a lot of programs focused on growing her business and she's seeing her business scale and grow. I mean, she's talking numbers this day with this new product line of like 2000%. But when she started working with us, we helped her increase her revenue by 40% year over year. So you understand that she definitely has those fundamentals of business in place and is scaling and growing her business into what we like to call a small enterprise. So shout outs to Chef. <laughs> Hey, wasn't it awesome to just hang out with her, listen to her, and just hear all the things that she said? Sorry, it was so fascinating. And I mean, I, you know, yes, it was, as you said, it was near and dear to us. Chef was all the, all the way back in the days of Clubhouse, you know, when Chef used to come and talk. And I remember her, talk, you know, talking about her business back then. And to see the growth has been really, really phenomenal. And she's really a testament of, you know, when you put these things in place in a systematic way with a plan, emphasis on those words, you know, you get the results, right? And that's what we talk about on this show, you know, being sustainable with your efforts. We're not just here to talk about the latest trends to jump on and, and, and just do that to, to just get to get a few likes to go viral. She's taking different steps because I remember one of the things that she said when, you, when we spoke about her volume of followers, she said, you know, she doesn't have, you know, tens of thousands of followers, but at the same time, the followers that she does have, you know, they come back and they're being consistent and that's what matters most to her. And I think her story was pretty awesome. And I think a lot of business owners, if you haven't seen it, go back and look at it. Um, as Michelle always says, <laughs> go back, check out our last show and check it out and see how, you know, how she spoke about what she did. Amazing. And Michelle, you're a, you're not just a fan, you're like a customer. So you get the box all the time. Talk about the growth, getting the box, all the things you see. <laughs> unmute yourself first though. <laughs> get in. I'm so excited. I can't even unmute myself. It was, I, I uh, go back to the Wayback Machine <laughs> and look at, I mean, early on YouTube, look on my IG. I actually did an unboxing. I did an opening and posted a couple of things uh, several times where she literally surprised me on several occasions on some of the things that came through. I am, I have for, I think, two and a half years now have been a subscriber to her box and I'm the non-traditional person. I don't 
I'm not a s'mores person. I never treated it that way. I think it's 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 something that I unveil as the week goes on, and I you know eat a graham cracker, eat eat uh you know um, a marshmallow, and it's something that I stretch out. But she has themes. She has uh, surprises. One of them was a Mardi Gras. I think it was last year. There was a Mardi Gras theme where she she pulled some things together, and I believe that's one of them that I posted. But what I really love about some of the things that she spoke about for all of us that are, have this fear of failure as we're here in this in this business space and as an entrepreneur, she spoke to her initial business failure and her lessons that she learned from it and what she chose to do and to step into uncomfortable spaces to move her business forward in traditional and non-traditional fashions. And she stretches herself every time. And I vividly remember every conversation that we had. I look back on notes and to, to look at where she is now and how she had the vision for it and figured it out every time and, and readily admits I wasn't perfect. But I fine-tuned, I figured it out, and I moved along, and I'm in a space I never thought I was going to be in, and I am I am my own company's business now. And I thought that was just profound. It was great. I'm a fan, financial fan at that. So. It was great having Chef on, for sure. I mean, I still remember on Top 7 at 7 when she was like, oh, I'm, I'm trying to keep up. And, you know, she was the best student in class. She did everything every week. And, you know, she admitted, you know, it was it was a lot to take in. It was a lot to push her business forward. But last week, she really honed in on this is what's necessary for my business. This marketing piece is important. Understanding my customers are important. Understanding the role and what she's going to do with each asset, her online assets, a Facebook group, she talked about that, moving it, relevance no longer being there. So it was just great to hear Chef, you know, talk as a marketer. It was really great. Shout outs to Chef. Let's give her a round of applause. And definitely go back and watch the video. And then check out one of our old videos called the Top 7 Digital Marketing Trends at 7, where she does the recap. We'll, we have to drop that link in the... Um, we have to make sure and drop that link in the comments to so just kind of go back and see where she came from. And again, I think Chef and also, uh, you know, her mind, it takes me back to her mind as well, too, because they were so dedicated, focused, <laughs> making it happen and just watching them both, watching both their businesses grow to this next level into the B2B space, into all the things they're doing is awesome. And I mean, Chef has definitely, I think she's been going, she's been getting the mentoring and all the things necessary and taking advantage of things, right? She talked about the local area, wanting to really establish herself in a local area and doing that, gaining visibility. So she understands all the things that really matter so that she can grow her business. So we're a fan. We love it all. We're here for it. And all right, I think it's time that we roll into some hot topics this morning. <laughs> Thank you, Chef, for joining us last week. All right. So... What are we doing today? Today is all hot topics all day long, all day long for the next 45 minutes. <laughs> all hot topics all day here at the... <laughs> what show is this? Your business in digital. <laughs> all right. So this week we are talking all the hot topics. So you know what? I'm going to throw... Everyone has a little hot topic. So I'm going to just... I'm going to choose... <laughs> I'm going to choose who's going first. So that's the thing this morning. Who's going to go first? All right. So I'm going to pull my little shake it up. <laughs> go, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Mm-hmm. So he's like, it's gonna be me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so that could have but that's all right. We got a banger to start with. All right, let's go, let's go, let's go. All right, so the hot topic this morning. We are at the end of November and come December 19th, Canadians can't view or share Canadian news on Facebook or Instagram. And this one has kind of flown under the radar all year. So this was a bill that was passed by the Liberal government in June that is the called the Online News Act. Now, it's worth saying that this has happened around the world. It's happened in Germany. It's happened in Australia. It's happened in Spain. And, you know, the big tech companies have just said, ah, no, we just won't do it. So let's talk about it a little bit. The government said that this is needed to share some of the revenue that the news outlets have lost from advertising, of course, to these platforms. So they are hoping to keep it alive. But it's a flawed bill. It doesn't place a cap on what these gov- these companies would be liable for. So Meta has already, since August, removed all news from their platform. And Google, who is talking to the government, has said they will be removing it from their products, from Search, from Discover, and from the, the feed. So that means that you can only get news by going directly to that news site or using that specific app. So just imagine... You know, you're, you have to leave Facebook to get your news. You have to leave IG to get your, 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 your current news. When you, if you have an Android phone, when you open um, Google Chrome and you see your news feed, it's, that's not going to be there any, anymore, right? Now, this has been a push by, admittedly, by the bigger publishers. But the smaller publishers, what's been interesting is they have been the ones that have kind of spoken out loudly and have been served by all of this traffic that comes from these platforms. And they have been able to still maintain and grow. The large publishers, however, have not really done anything to change that customer experience when you're going on their site. So the ads are still placed really, you know, like banner ads just on the side. There's no real sense to it. I don't know what kind of data they give you as far as, as you know, how, how well do their ads work? So I think it's a bit of, you know, there's a lot of conversation on whose fault and what's right and what's wrong. In every other jurisdiction, all that has happened is Google has made its own deals with every sp- publisher on their own. But as it stands, come December 19th, we will not be able to view or share any links from news publishers in Canada. What do you all think? I'm like, that's insane. (laughs) Elon has actually chimed in on this as well. (laughs) Go figure. But yeah, this is this is this is happening now. Um, The statistics show that a lot of Canadians are aware of it and concerned about it, but nothing has really changed. I expect that. Um, the bill will just be struck down at some point and, you know, a new bill put forward. But at this point, Meta has, is not talking to government, has just turned off news on Facebook. Google, on, on the other hand, is being a little more, you know, politically correct and trying to make a discussion interesting. In all the articles I've read, Bing is mentioned nowhere. So is Meta just like, you need me anyway? <laughs> Meta is like, um, we're still making money, so okay, we'll just take it off, so we're not liable. Right, right. 
So what do you think the future, what's your prediction in the future? You said you think that they're going to... I think I think the bill the bill was flawed, it, it, you know, by all parties, all stakeholders, even the big publishers have come and said, well, okay, maybe we were a bit wrong because all of them are looking at figures of 600 million in payouts and so on. And of course, Google and Meta are like, no, that's not going to happen. So I expect that um, it's, it's just because of the passing of the bill in, in Parliament, it just has to go through the next round again. So I think it'll be struck down. I expect it will be struck down. My takeaway for small businesses, though, is that if any of your marketing packages includes advertising on a news publisher, you may want to have another conversation. Wow. <laughs> so it, it also sounds like, sounds like one of those things where government and technology hasn't really moved <laughs> together, right? Technology's over here and government is kind of like, you know, wherever they are. <laughs> well, it's, it's the it's the real ad adaptation. You know, the internet, um, I think news publishers were the first to sound the death bell. Oh, it's the death of publishing, right? When, you know, the internet is proliferated more. Um, and, I, and I think one, one publisher hit it correct that they didn't adapt to the, all the things we talk about, the customer experience, the customer journey. How do you deliver news online and you are delivering ads when that's your revenue and you're still treating it as a physical paper where I just might see the ad next to the article? You know, are you tying relevance of ad to article, to section, to news section, to all of these things? And as I said, you know, I jumped on a couple of these, these news publishers' websites and interesting, all the community papers are doing very well. They love that Google and Meta send links there, send traffic their way, right? So the big publishers need to just kind of like, you know, they need to shake up the game. They, they, they've been disrupted for long enough to figure it out. All right, well, we love that. <laughs> Ladies, y'all adding anything to the mix? That is, that is just so, wow. That's to, to, to see how you said the small bit the small papers this they saw it and they're like okay we could ride this wave and the big guys are like ah now we're gonna keep doing it the way we know to do it because that's how we've been doing it all the and other let's time. get and let's get government to pressure them right instead that, that, pretty that's much the, the and I mean, yes you know it, it shows clearly the type of leadership you know that that's in those papers you won't get it to that because you know who's leading those type of papers but I mean, you know, it just shows that this is what happens when you don't adapt. This is what happens when you don't adapt. You're gonna run to mommy and daddy and complain and say, oh, look, the big Facebook better take away my customers. Like, I'm the man. And, <laughs> and I find, you know, online magazines, they're really big differences between good experiences and bad. You know, you're reading an article and the pop-up comes up the ad drops down halfway over the screen. You're just about, you know, a couple words in. You have to delete it. So the experience has always been kind of wonky to me to, to follow news. Or they hold it hostage. This this article is only available to subscribers, right? So if, if you're going to push me into that zone where I'm paying that subscription as if the newspaper is still coming to my doorstep, then what's that added value? Because of course now, you know, I'm aware of all my subscriptions. I'm aware of what I'm doing. So I, I would like to get something more out of it, right? I 
I'm, I would say I'm almost speechless, but we didn't we see this coming though, as like like Tamara said, as internet came online and I'm I'm vividly remembering I did internships and externships in the Wayback Machine when I was in college in both newspapers and in TV stations. And the process is slow. Even though it's breaking news, it's not really breaking news because it takes a moment to get all of that done. So speed to market was not a big thing for them. You know, it, it was rather difficult in that adapting to the here and now with the internet where it's forcing that behavior and forcing the creative and innovation. And the big dogs had the space and were able to push all of the smaller ones out and it was feast or famine for them. So I really see why the smaller local community papers and organizations are enjoying um, the internet world and the way things are in Google and, and with Meta because they now have a chance in a space to reach customers that they couldn't reach and didn't have the money to reach previously. And now this kind of levels the playing field and prevents them from completely pushing them out because the community is speaking and they are able to now get in front of them. But this, the the, the flex though with, with, with Meta is real interesting, real interesting. I think there's something to watch in that as well. That's Bill C-18, and that's okay. our topic number one. Pay attention. And Michael, thank you for keeping us updated on Bill C-18. All right. So next in the Russian roulette of hot topics. <laughs> Go for it, Andrea. <laughs> I think it's the, you're muted, Andrea. Is it the small I, business one you're going with I, first? Yes. I wanted the, um, the Black Friday one, please. The Black Friday one, Nia. So, all right, we're a little, we got a little, you know, we're <laughs> a little technical difficulties. <laughs> we, have no we have options. <laughs> we have options. Go for it, Andrea. <laughs> all right. So, what do I want to talk about? So, we're in the moment where we just survived Black Friday. Today is Cyber Monday, right? And I wanted to talk about Black Friday in particular and how it can what are the implications for small business, right? So, you know, while it is seemingly beneficial for consumers, you know, you're running to get your discount. What we're seeing is that Black Friday can actually compromise some of the principles and, and brand messaging of small businesses. So we've seen Black Friday has gone, like there's this profound transformation. We've gone from what was the 24 hour sprint. Um, and, and, and I'm speaking about, it started in the States. We're here in the Caribbean. We're now adapting to Black Friday. We have Black Friday sales and everybody's jumping on the bandwagon. So I'm, I'm speaking from, the, from both places, right? So it's, it's moved from this 24 hour sprint where people used to line up outside the stores from the night before, I don't know if they still do it, right? Into now, it's a week-long extravaganza of discounts, right? And more, some cases, it's more than a week, you know, at leading up, and customers are getting to shop all they like and 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 you know get their discounts. But while that is happening, I think it's important to reflect on the impact that this has on SMEs, right? Participating in Black Friday can actually have some negative implications for small businesses, and I'm going to touch on a few of them. So one of the first ones is thin profit margins. Small businesses in particular 
in particular those in retail and, and e-commerce, they're already operating on thin profit margins, let's be real, right? When, you, when you're now forced to offer these deep discounts that Black Friday has become known for, because that's the whole point, right? Black Friday, you're not, you don't want no 5% discount. You want the 40 and the 50% discount. When, when small businesses can't reach that far, they're already on thin ice, right? So this could actually lead to financial losses rather than gains, right? And this ripple effect then, then trickles down into reduced cash flows because I'm getting less for the product that I have in hand. The other significant impact could be increased operational costs, right? So handling the increased volume of orders because Black Friday means an increased volume coming in. More people are coming to buy. You now have more people inquiring. You now have more people to handle. You may have to you may have to hire additional help for your small business to handle this rush of people. Um, you may you know hiring temporary staff. That's an additional operational expense, right? Keep in mind we're talking small business. We're not talking the big the big A to C the big A to Z guy, right? We're not talking the big you know you know the WalMarts and the Targets. We're talking small business here. They can't really sustain this. The other impact, um, I selected these three impacts. The last impact is customer acquisition versus customer retention. While Black Friday might bring a new customer to your door, it may not actually re you may not actually retain that customer because Black Friday is more about transaction. Black Friday is more about let me get this big deal now and wait for you next year. They're not really too interested in building a relationship with you, which is the cornerstone of a small business, right? Nurturing your existing relationships, right? So what does it mean for small business then? What am I saying? These implications, if you're a small business, I want you to think really long and hard if Black Friday is for you, right? Is Black Friday may not be for everyone. And I think that's okay. I think that is okay, right? You need to look beyond the immediate draw of Black Friday and, and all the bells and whistles that have, you know, we want to jump, you know, that, that tendency, you want to jump on this bandwagon. But I want the small business owners to consider the long-term consequences of their decision of pursuing a Black Friday, of, of pursuing a Black Friday activity. It may actually do you more, more harm than good, right? Because at the end of the day, the, the businesses that started Black Friday, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the businesses that started Black Friday, they weren't small businesses. They were the mega giants who was trying to get rid of old stock, right? They were trying to get rid of out of season things so that they could push you for the Christmas thing. And they decided, hey, let's just have this big sale, push out everything, and people could get their gifts at cheap prices, right? And they're practically selling it at cost. Remember what selling at cost means that they're still making something, meaning they're still going to get recoup what they initially um, what they initially uh, put out, right? So Black Friday, guys, I know you all love a Black Friday, but for the love of God, I'm not sure if it's for everyone. I love that. I, I love that perspective because you're so right. Everyone's like, let me shop, let me get this. But for Monavan Digital, Black Friday is not a thing where we're like, hey, we have this 40% off service for the next three months. It's not happening. <laughs> you know, yep. it's a thing where we feel like, hey, we need to do extra promotion for it. And then there's the other thing too is, you know, 
the, the, definitely the story I think you have is accurate. And it was that time for those businesses to move themselves into the black out of the red, right? So meaning that they were moving themselves into profit as well. So for these big businesses, for small um, and medium businesses and enterprises, they need to really consider where, how, what's my seasonality look like? Can I make, can I hit my goals in from January through October? And then November and December is either times where I'm planning for Q1 of 2024 or everything else is just cake, right? Anything else, any additional revenue, any additional business that you get is just cake. So you're really looking to see how am I spreading my goal across the year to really be effective because the goal is not for you to get to 100% of your goal in November and Black Friday may or may not get you there. So I think you gave some really great perspective because we're it's all about people are like, how deep is the discount? <laughs> It right. is. Let me tell you, the pricing girl over here has a lot of opinions about Black Friday. Black Friday that starts two weeks out in advance now, but we now have, you know, Small Business Saturday, Cyber Monday, Travel Tuesday, which is tomorrow. I mean, there's, there's a number of them because they are, they are marketing, you know, this exponentially these days. And especially over, um, I remember when we were coming out of COVID, how ridiculous it, it really became. But I have a few opinions on this as well on on the other side on the strategic side of this for any business that's getting into it and some of it's a bit controversial on part of it one i think this is a time for any business to increase their prices if you're going to discount this is your moment to increase your prices and put your if you're going to discount discount on your new price begin priming your people for the the, the change in your pricing this is the time to do it move as you said uh andrea move heavy stock, stock that you've had problems moving, stock that's been there, bundle it up, advertise against it, and change your packaging too. That will help to reduce your cost. It is okay to put out there, I've seen a couple of people, a couple of small businesses actually make a note of that, of it will have uh, not uh, different packaging, non-traditional, they use, you know, fluffed up the wording, so that the the people who have been buying from them, or if they were buying single versus a bundle, understands that over this time span, where the, the way they typically package will change over the Black Friday season, so that their expectation is appropriate for what they're going to get. Product is still good; some of the things are still there, but they temper it. Slow down your package, your your delivery as well. Instead of overnight, if you notice, a number of those deals will now have a longer cycle in when you're going to get get that delivery, and that's a trade off that consumers are willing to 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 take in order to get the lower price. So you don't get speedy delivery. It might take you two weeks to get it, but you know because it's now ground versus you know air or whatever it was going to be previously. So there's some ways to minimize the the, the impact of the of your bottom line while utilizing and taking advantage of the advertising and the airtime because there's a lot that's going on out there. And Tamara, that's one of the things that people need to be aware of too is watch your marketing budget over this time. The search terms and key terms that are being used are so ridiculous right now. I think I wake up to at least 10 different text messages, sometimes four and five text messages a day from the same company. It's the time for you to get more email addresses. So to broaden your 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 audience by getting that email from them, getting them to sign on and, and things like that so that you can enhance your business. But you got to be really careful and real strategic as you're walking into the season because you can blow up your entire year over this small window of time.
100%. And I think, you know, Andrew made another point that really kind of hits, it's, are those people really your customer too, right? So you're doing all these things and are they your customer? Because they may be looking for the one touch. As small businesses, what we're looking for too, is we're looking for those loyal customers who are not negotiating with us on price, <laughs> right? Who understand, hey, this is the quality, this is the result that I get So I love what you both are saying about Black Friday. And I think it's really a lot of food for thought for a small business to consider, you know, because they feel like I have to be in those spaces. I must compete with the big businesses, but is now the time for you to compete or do you compete in a different way? And it also comes down to that niche, right? It does your niche care about this? create your own days. That's what we're saying. Create your own days, right? right? right. Like you've got a digital allows you to know your customer well enough that let's let's say it was chef, right? And you know, it's fall days, right? When it's just getting cool and we want some cocoa. You know, right. create your own, create your own days. Like I think you all we all said the same thing that um why this came to be, that's what was missed. It was just seen that oh, it was successful, so let's do the same. But when we now look into the whys of it, then it's like, well, you, you can create your own days. And it doesn't have to be a discount-driven thing. It could be a time-bound, you know, get this early, you know, get ahead of the game for, for you know, whichever time of year or season, but you don't have to just do Black Friday. 100%. And if we think about, I don't know if you guys have heard the numbers already, right? I think it was like over $9 billion. So the consumer has, the consumer is spending for the entire year. They've been like, the consumer, the consumer, the consumer, the consumer, the consumer. And the consumer is like, <laughs> I'm gonna get a delivery every day for the next week. I had them in my cart waiting to see who had a sale and, and chose my stuff a long time ago. I was that person. And what right. you're teaching me, you're teaching me to wait for the discount. Or there was there were some creative, but I there was some creative bundling this time though. I saw some really interesting ways, and, and I think we've said this a couple of times in that. You know, if you want to move a specific product line, if you want to move, you know, and, and it might be the next level up to get somebody to move into that space that you're looking to. Here's the time to to, to test, to tease into something, to figure out if it'll work. Full size offerings. I've seen that as well. Fenty had one. I'm going to introduce my nieces to Fenty Beauty because she drew mascara for, I mean, pulling them in. Yeah to buy quality things and this is how we're doing it so yes there's a way to do it if you're going to enter that market space but you have to be smart and mindful of your end goal and like andrew said can you fulfill it or can you keep this up because this is also your first impression for a lot of people that you've been trying to get and are you going to blow it but trying to play with this black friday thing or are you going to fit in your spot and do it right that works for your business and i think that's the biggest key in all of this does it work for you and your model 100%. All right. Well, Andrea, good, good, good. Hot topics. We love that. <laughs> All right. So in the Russian roulette, Michelle, you're next. <laughs> I think, yes, we are doing um, Hall of Notes. So let's, we're going to move into partnerships and what this looks like. So for, I'm, I'm aging myself at this point. This is a, a famous group um, called Daryl uh, Hall and Oates, Daryl Hall and John Oates, who have been in a, a group for, I think, 50 years at this point. They are, have been around for a long time. But Daryl Hall is suing 
his partner, John Oates, and has placed a restraining order against him who, uh, for breach of contract. What is really interesting in this suit is that he's speaking to a long-term agreement that they've had for a while, quite a while, leaning into the confidentiality component of their agreement because John Oates has signed a letter of intent to sell his share of part of their business uh, to Primary Wave. Now, it gets really complicated a bit because Primary Wave has already owned a significant portion of their music from a sale that happened in 2006 that neither Oates or Hall were aware of because of a deal that they had already been in with their management and some of their some of their music was already sold. And they are still a little, I don't want to say bitter, but it was a hard lesson learned from that point. So Daryl Hall said, uh-uh, we're not doing this. Cease and desist. You may not do this. This is a breach of our contract. I don't want them with any more of our business. So now this has blown up a partnership that they have had for well over 50 years. Now, how does this work and why is this important to small businesses? I have difficulty narrowing this down to three. I'll be really candid. I normally do five and I was like, no, there's too many of us. I need to narrow this one down. But I thought that these were the, the most important, at least to think of is you need to, or we as business owners are partner. We speak to partnerships all the time in this. But within your own business, if there are a number of you that are in your business, please regularly evaluate your business relationships. It's imperative that there's transparency. Everyone is aware of why you're in business together, what's motivating you to move in there, and what's important to each of you as you're moving forward in, in your business. The second piece is take care of your legal piece. Keep your documentations up to date. Make sure they're aligned with where you are in your business as time moves along. They've been together for 50 years. I mean, decades. Things change over the decades. It's also imperative that you take a moment, not just to refresh their music and make sure that they're aligned with where life is in the current state, musically, creatively, but take care of, of, of your house. Take care of the legal components of your house. And the third piece, we talked about this on regular shows, go back and look, especially the one that Marlon, Marlon Hill was on, where we spoke about transition and exit strategies. They're as important as the rest of your strategies for your business. How are you going to transition over time? What is your long-term plan? Are you going to eventually exit out of your business? And what's your strategy to make sure that you're doing that successfully in a protective way so that you're sustainable, that you grow, and that your business thrives beyond if that's what you're seeking to do. So that's what we have here for our Hall & Oates group. <laughs> Where's the applause? Oh, oh my God, really? <laughs> I have no idea about this. I cannot believe. I mean, thank God you explained who they were because I had no idea who they were, first of all. <laughs> Like people won't know the yeah, name, but you might remember yeah, a song yeah. like Sarah Smile or some of the others. I absolutely knew who they were. I just didn't want to admit it. <laughs> um, but that's crazy. But I think really good points, right? Man, they needed to be on the same page, especially the fact that they they had their they had so much of their business or their music already by 2006. And now they're fighting and suing each other. And oh, where's legal in the conversation? What happened in 2006 to legal? Like all the things. <laughs> that 
equals to the partnerships, if you if you go Google it and, and look for the article, well, they had other writers. And the the right the other writers who they were partnering with on a number of their songs, it's their catalog of business that ended up moving over to primary wave. And that that wasn't protected. And back then it was, you know, it that has come up recently about owning your own masters, those things, but that was part of it. And and, and Daryl Hall actually said that was a regret of his, that at that point people didn't protect and their contracts weren't set up that way and they weren't writing all of their music. And that was a hard lesson that was learned and he was appalled by, but it was also quite interesting when there, there were a lot of shade moments that were thrown. Daryl Hall is, is pretty out there. I've seen him doing a couple of these things on his own, Daryl's house where he will invite people to his home and have live music. And they, they will play. So he's far more visible than Oates is. And and so they, they do a number of separate things. And he actually says this a couple of times. They're partners, but they have separate identities. And he was throwing shade a lot, a lot. So there there is that the, the communication component that's really out there as well that one should seek. But no surprise that over the decades, they've been together for decades, as long as I've been alive, that you know, life changes, things happen, and we should anticipate that the partnerships will evolve as well. That's like a marriage going bad. <laughs> I'm like, where are we? <laughs> this, is, this is a divorce. This is what happens. People change. <laughs> People change. <laughs> and then somebody brings up something from 10 years before you remember when you did so and so. When magic came, magic came. All the shade, all the things he did. Thinking. <laughs> you oh swore too much. <laughs> that, but, but I mean, I love your points, Michelle. I love the fact that that legal one, that is, that is key because, you know, as small businesses, I don't think we give legal enough attention. Right. You know, when I deal with clients, sometimes I ask, you know, well, how is this documented and, and, and how is this arranged? And, and there's no documentation. There's a there's a well, I spoke to them or there's a handshake or there might just be an email. And I approach things very differently. I try to have, you know, right now I'm actually reviewing, you know, my my legal contracts that I plan to use in 2024. Right. I'm actually having them review now to say, OK, going forward. This is how I'm going, and, and I'm very keen to make sure that those things are, are in place because you, you're right. You don't know what could happen. Um, you don't know. You don't the exits. Try. You have to have an, an exit if this thing is no longer working, or it comes, or even if it just comes to a normal end. So, okay, you know, we're taking different creative parts, you know, or something has happened, and I'm no longer interested in going this route. How do you exit? Yeah, that that I love those points. I think small business need to pay attention to that. 100%. Well, thank you for that. That was good. That was a good one. <laughs> All right. So we're moving on to in the Russian roulette. I guess I'm next in the Russian roulette. That is what is your digital hot topic? <laughs> All right. So my digital hot topic today, it's girl math. 
<laughs> so what is girl math? <laughs> so girl math is like one of these trends that have been happening. There've been a lot of girl trends, right? So it's like boss, uh, girl boss. I'm like boss babe. I think kind of that's a girl trend, uh, but they've been a lot of girl trends over the last few years. And girl math now is like the latest, right? Um, I think we have an example. Do we have an example of one? Uh, so girl math, right? So <laughs> if I don't spend anything today, I have double my budget for tomorrow. <laughs> Hashtag girl math, right? So it's it's these cute little, you know, things that we think we sometimes say, you know, um, girl math has about what, 232 million views, the hashtag. Now, I have to say that some people feel like it's a little bit offensive. They feel like, hey, you know, it's definitely kind of, you know, how are we, are we looking at women like this, the term girl, all the things. So it really depends on how you feel about it. You know, that's fine. What we're doing is we're looking at it from the perspective of simply as a business, as a trend that is happening you know, how does your business fit into that? So the videos are really, you know, they're sharing a lot of stuff about, you know, rules for spending money and they're just silly. They're fun. <laughs> they're creative. The few I've looked at, I mean, I've laughed. <laughs> and then I always think about the girl math, <laughs> especially I think I was explaining it to Michael the other day and I'm like, girl math is always, you know, when you're, <laughs> in my mind, when you hear a girl talking about a guy, right? And then his perspective of the conversation and the girl's perspective of the conversation, you know, he's like, you know, it was okay. She's like, he loves me. <laughs> We're going to be together forever. <laughs> he's like, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Deep in her girlfriend is her deep in her heart and soul. So whenever I think of girl math, I think about all those conversations I've had with my friends where I've been like, I don't know that that's what he's saying. <laughs> so there is some fun to it. But as a business, no, you want to think about, you know, what does this mean for you, right? The trend is good. It's funny. It's lighthearted. But you have to now pull back. When we talk about being trendy, we want to always think about, is this right for your business, right? Um, I don't know that it's right for maybe if we're doing a post and, you know, we're talking about analytics, you know, I think we can do something like that. But you got to pull back to be like, is girl math right for your business? Does it make sense? You know, do you have an audience of, you know, feminists who are, <laughs> is that your target audience? Because they may not be into the girl math. They may think, hey, this is a little bit offensive. Um, you know, so you really want to consider your target audience. And is this trend right for your business? If it's right for your business, what is it going to look like? This could work well with an influencer strategy, for instance, because influencers, you're trying, it's a great way to kind of get in front of new people. And so influencers may be connecting with that younger audience who may be into the girl math conversation. So you might want to consider, hey, how do I utilize this for my business in that way through an influencer strategy once you've determined that it's the right trend for your business? Uh, the next thing is using girl math to justify your pricing or connect the dots for your pricing, especially if your pricing is a little bit of a higher price point, right? You know, you get to kind of say, hey, you know, this $2,000 service or this $2,000 bag, because you've saved so much over the time by not shopping, <laughs> right? You've added to your budget every day. Michelle's like, hands up. Michelle's like, girl math means that I didn't buy this bag. So I, I now have, I didn't buy <laughs> Uh, $210 bags. <laughs> so now <laughs> I get to get this $2,000 bag. I'm saving <laughs> and it's one bag.
<laughs> so you can use it to definitely justify a higher price point for sure. Um, and then you want to be creative with the girl math, right? You want to be creative. You want to make it fun. You want to make it engaging. You want to also consider, hey, I don't want to be offensive. So when you're pulling the strategy together, how is it lighthearted? How is it fun? And then how does it connect to your goal? Thinking about this, you want to make sure you're not in a situation also where you're riding a trend that does not help the business, meaning that you can get visibility for this trend. But if that trend doesn't help the business, then you're drawing in a target audience that may not or may or may not serve your business. Right. So thinking about all these things. Can this help my business? Am I just jumping on this trend because I need to be on this trend, leveraging how it can work for your pricing uh, and as well as just maybe using an influencer strategy. What does this look like? So talk to your agency. And I think these are some of the lessons that can come out of Girl Math. What do you guys think? <laughs> I was just dying with Nia's, Nia's comments. So 300, a $300 bag used a year is $1 per day. Definitely a steal. <laughs> <laughs> that is a steal though right <laughs> that is a steal that's a steal <laughs> and it's mike when you hear girl math you're like how do you even argue with that <laughs> yeah i mean for the time we started talking about it i was like what what, what? <laughs> but you can't offend it you can't there's no argument for you <laughs> well designed well played well played <laughs> very well played. Very well played. You know, Michelle, Andrea, what do you guys think? I I I thought this was the funniest thing. As soon as I saw it, I saw this version and then there was a corporate math was the other one that I saw trending um trending on TikTok and, and, and Instagram. But I love this and I will fully admit I use it all the time. I just did it over the holidays. I had my, I called my sister, Jennifer, and I said, talk me off this ledge, convince me not to go to this place. And she goes, you shouldn't go. Instead, let's do this. And I, I rationalized with it. I was like, I just saved myself thousands of dollars. And then I got all of these things for this much less. And I get into the day, these new seeking, all of those different things. And I rationalized how that was perfect for me. Hashtag girls back. I just thought it was divine. I love it. It's so cute. Listen, that so I, I looked at it and the part where you said, you know, you figure out if this is right for you. I'm looking at it, I'm like, I what came to mind for me was if I do anti-girl math and I was like, no, it's not girl math, it's CFO math. <laughs> because this girl plastic and I when you talked about make you know you know how do you make it trend your own I was like I can't do girl math I'm a CFO people gonna you know that I can't really you know be lighthearted I'm supposed to be serious I'm supposed to tell you about serious money issues you know but um, I like the fact that she said you know making sure it's right for your business making sure that it's right for your business because um you have to be really careful what trends you jump on um and you know you talked about if your audience there are some people who might think it's offensive because, you know, it, it kind of makes girls look silly and, you know, so you have to be very careful. But um, my takeaway was maybe I could have CFO math. 
Well, you can have a comparison, right? You can do a girl math versus CFO math. Girl math equals CFO math. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so there's that conversation of like, this is what it really is, but still drawing into the trend, but then giving the reality of the, you know, of the situation. But we love CFO math. So here, we're here for it. <laughs> so sounds like you should go hashtag, then leverage CFO math with the hashtag girl math. Oh my God. What is that? A strategy? <laughs> I think you have some homework. I love that. I think that's a great marketing and sales idea for your business. See what we do here, guys. Your business mm -hmm. is digital. All right. So we, of course, had like eight different things uh, that we wanted to share with you guys. But of course, we knew we weren't going to get through that. But this last one, I think, is super important. So Nia, play the video and let's talk about this. So I don't know how many of you have seen or heard about the Stanley Cup, the fire. Incredible <laughs> moment, a Stanley Cup seems to have not only survived a car fire, but also still had ice left inside. Still has ice in it. Danielle Marie Lettering posted a TikTok on Wednesday that displayed the aftermath of the accident, and despite her car having a tremendous amount of debris all around, her copper-colored Stanley stayed completely intact. Viewers were left in complete disbelief at Danielle's discovery, and to everyone's surprise, only one day after posting the video, the president of Stanley took to TikTok to respond to Danielle's video, in which he said that Stanley were not only going to send Danielle some cups, but they were also going to replace her car. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about a good product. <laughs> uh, that, my friend, is what you call a good product. Uh, the, first of all, so it stayed intact. It had ice in it, guys. It stayed intact. It had ice in it. Um, people were so impressed with this cup and the durability of it all. I'm just saying, her car was. On fire. And so this product is a great product. Um, not only that, he responded and he jumped in and he responded and he was just like, hey, I'm sure he's not giving out a lot of new cars, but this was perfect, right? Because this is the best promotion that you could possibly get. This, my friend, is what you call social proof. <laughs> this is social proof, a, a side of social proof with a tie to a side of, uh, <laughs> of user-generated content. <laughs> you know what I mean? So go back to the beginning for the lesson learned. I'm sorry, Nia, I jumped ahead. <laughs> so paying attention to listening, you know, when I, when I first started talking about digital marketing, you know, back, you know, after the whole and Oats days, <laughs> I'm younger than them. Uh, I remember talking about listening. This was an opportunity for businesses to do a lot of listening, right? Um, because you need to hear what the world is saying about you. So heeding those social media insights, listening to those mentions, because that's what they got. They got mentions, they got tagged, they got, you know, so they started listening to what people were saying. They were quick. You know, the president was just like, I don't need to do a fancy video that takes me days to edit, blah, blah, blah. He's like, here are the cups that are working for us <laughs> that work really well for us. And here's me in front of them. Here's my quick message. And I'm going to do something a little bit outside the box because the value of this content, I mean, think about how many sales this lovely lady provided Stanley. She would have gotten a job as an ambassador, by the way. Okay. But she got a car that's good enough. So he was quick. They paid attention. They listened to what was happening online for their brand. And then the social proof, go to the next slide. 
the social proof is where it was for sure, right? Social proof is where people are kind of paying attention and people are saying, hey, we are accepting of this. And that social proof is really important. And they get to ride that wave forever and ever and ever, right? So for the next 10 years, this is the commercial that they can use. We always, we love real life. Um, you know, so it's it's just, this was hilarious, funny, unexpected and they rode the wave of it. So I'm sure I, I'm like, I know we had a lot of other good ones, but I'm like, we had to show this one. <laughs> what do you guys think? <laughs> Talking, I, you know, and that's a crowded market space right now. Think about that, that whole, you know, insular tumbler, whatever we're calling those things. It's a crowded market space with a lot of people there, you know, touting what theirs can do and they're expensive. They are really expensive. And he just said, I mean, just think he purchased a car for, and that's what, this much of the marketing budget? It's nothing, nothing compared to the advertising they got off of that. Oh my God. He, I don't even know how many businesses he just put out of business with that, that whole thing. How many people just went down in the ranking where he might, he, I know he would have been partnering with a bunch of different companies trying to escalate and get his, his, those Stanley Cups in different places. Even with Starbucks, Starbucks has some, my brother-in-law works for Starbucks. My sister, we were talking about this on the family call on Friday and she went into the kitchen and showed us the Starbucks versions of them. So this was just a good one. This, this one won the month for me. It survived the fire, y'all. It survived a fire. People will pay money for that cup now. So the, at this point, price point does not matter because in my eyes, with ice in it, it survived a fire with ice in it, and the straw was still intact. Like it just so yeah. If you think it's expensive, then you don't really want this cup. You don't really you. You go and go back with they're your. Not, they're not their people, right? They're not their right? people. Exactly, they're not their people. But the people who understand what a tumbler means for them, those people who only go and want to have their stuff either hot or cold all day, yo, this drink with had ice in it, survived the fire. He could, our cup could take anything you could throw at it. I love those last two points, Tamara, about social listening and acting quickly. So what we don't realize, a lot, a lot of these platforms, I'll talk about HubSpot, we have social listening tools within it that allow you to keep a beat on what's happening in, in social media and react it. Um, that reaction time, as you said, not making it a, a polished answer with him behind a desk, you know, with... He's in the factory, it looks like, right? He's in the factory, he's in the storeroom, just answering. And as I said, you can't pay for that. I can actually think of products that they've actually made an, an ad that is like this, that they've made that ad. They've, they've put the product in something to say, hey, this is how durable it is. But as you said, you can't beat that. This is what just something that happened. And, you know, and I think the last one that was like this was, I believe it might have been IBM or Lenovo where the laptop fell and it was still intact, if you all remember. It had fell a couple of stories and it was a huge story. Same thing about the durability. So can't crash pay for cars. That. You remember the crash cars? There's some that said, you know, that survived that. That's what came to my mind. I'm like, oh, this is awesome and so cost effective. I mean. So listen, listen to what, what's happening with your product out there. 
You have to, you absolutely have to. So, all right, we're going to do a quick final thoughts, everyone. Everyone got 30 seconds on it. So I'm going to kick it over to you, Michelle, to go first. What do you think about today's show? And talk to I us love today's show. It, was, it encompassed what we've been speaking about all season long and in other seasons. Here are ways that are in our daily lives where we're able to apply the practices that we speak of for digital uh, marketing and I'm just living in the digital world from a sales and operations, a financial and a marketing perspective that we showed multiple examples of how you can infuse it into your world. And I really enjoyed it. These were everyday things, everyday life things where I know I was easily able to pull out sales and pricing perspectives that we can enact on a daily basis. So I like this version of us. I like this. Go for it, Andrew. I think the message for business owners is you don't have to look far for the inspiration. You don't have to go and get a degree. You don't have to go study really hard. You know, there are a lot of examples out there that you could take. And just if you remove the size of the organization, because it might be a big corporation, the principles are still there. The principles of business remain. And you just need to see how it applies to you in your space. So always be on the lookout for these type of examples. And even if it's coming from a company that's twice your size, or even from a company that's not even in your industry, there's probably a lesson that you could take from it and, and you can apply. So, you know, always be on the lookout for it and um, continue watching us for us to help you find those um, hot topics and, and, and bring it to your business. Great round this morning. Great round. What you said, Michelle, what you said, Andrea, what you're going to say tomorrow. Yes, <laughs> this was great. We like to keep you informed and definitely like to open your brain to what's possible with digital for your business. And as Andrea just said, you know, just how to understand something that you've seen and then place it into your strategy for best results. Well, 100%. If you can think about it and visualize it and see it. I saw that applause happen there, Michael. You'll <laughs> go back to you. <laughs> if you can visualize the strategy, if you can see it, right, you really want to connect the dots to the analytics. You want to connect the data points. And, you know, I think what Andrea said is important to look for the inspiration out there. Look at the biz big businesses. I always like to say, look at your aspirational competition, right? Who's your competition now? But look at those big businesses because they are, you can aspire to be them and look to see where those examples you can take and say, how does this fit into my business? Is this right for my business? It still comes back to your business goals, right? So it's not about just, hey, I'm going to do everything on trying to comes back to your business goals, your target audience, all those things. So I loved this session because it's, again, all the hot topics, all the things we're listening to, paying attention to, mainstream things where you can see the impact of digital finance, sales, uh, and operations, all the marketing pieces play into this. So that's what we really wanted to, to bring together for you. So um, I know we're at the end of the show. We're a little bit over time. I think Juma's show just started. Shout out to you, Juma. 
<laughs> but I'm still going to do the housekeeping items. And this is what we're going to do. We want you guys to connect with us. Okay. So connect with us on YouTube. If you're not checking us out on YouTube, connect with us there. If not, and you're a LinkedIn friend, that's great. We love you on LinkedIn as well. We're live on LinkedIn and YouTube Mondays and Wednesdays. And if not, you can't connect with us live. That's fine. Connect with us everywhere podcasts are found. We are everywhere podcasts are found. So definitely connect with us. Super excited to bring you the show, your business and digital. Our goal is to help you connect those dots back to money in the bank, back to your business goals. We want you to walk into your CFO and say, hey, digital helped us and we increased revenue by 10%, by 20%. We want you to provide relevant sales leads for your sales team, right? Give them those sales marketing assisted leads that have been nurtured all the way through to the point of being a warm lead. And we want you to talk to operations about how, what do you need? How does the content flow for you to effectively be able to market and grow your business online? Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you here on Wednesday when we have another amazing digital marketer, uh, SD coming to the stage. So that's going to be a great conversation. Have an amazing, amazing day. Talk to you guys on Wednesday. Bye. <laughs>